0: morning, everybody. Morning. Guys, uh, we are in the middle of a series entitled Empowered, which is about the Holy Spirit. Alan and I have discussed this, and and, and Tim is, Tim was involved uh, several weeks back when we discussed what the sermon series should be, and we just have seen a real need to talk about the Holy Spirit. And what we recognized is the Holy Spirit, we understood some basic facts about the Holy Spirit uh, as a church, but by and large, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit much. We don't recognize it very much. It's kind of like we have these facts that we put it on a shelf. We put the Holy Spirit on a shelf, and when we need to talk about it, we bring it off. And um, one of the things came very clear. We did our last series on the resurrection, and as we discussed the resurrection, we saw this just very clear connection between... The resurrection where everybody's going to come back to life in the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to get entirely into that today, but it was very clear. We thought we need to talk about this. And so Alan came up with this title, Empowered. You see, guys, the Holy Spirit brings power into your life. That's what Jesus told the apostles when he, before before the Holy Spirit came for the first time on the day of Pentecost. He told them that they were to stay in Jerusalem until they received power from on high. In fact, the Holy Spirit's role was so significant, so important, that Jesus had to leave or the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. Now, I don't know all the dynamics behind that. I just know that that's what He told the apostles. He said, unless I go away, God's not going to send the Holy Spirit. That makes it a pretty big deal, doesn't it? And if it's that big of a deal to God, I think we need to pay more attention to it. And so, guys, that's the purpose of our of our lesson. This is part four. Alan has done a wonderful job in the first three parts. Uh, he initially started out talking about how the Holy Spirit is a person and has a personality. It's not an it. You know, that it has opinions, it has a mind, uh, that it can be grieved, that it can be embittered. And, guys, it's we need to understand that, that it's not just something vague that's out there but it has personality. He went on in lessons 2 and 3 to talk about how the Holy Spirit empowers us specifically to live a new life. And beyond just living a new life, it's not like, okay, you drew a line in the sand and then you you, you became you started living differently. Uh, though that's similar to what it's about. But it literally means the Holy Spirit enables us to live life differently than those humans who do not have the Holy Spirit. He t- in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about that we are new creation. In Galatians 6, it talks about what counts is new creation. And that literally, because we have the Holy Spirit, we are able to live life in a way different than anybody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in depth today. But then in week three, Alan talked about a wonderful job of showing the difference between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are what you do, and the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is is how you really are. It's your character. See, guys, you're never commanded to have gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you have them, you're supposed to use them. That's what it says. But it doesn't say that everybody's going to have the same one. Or a specific one. But it does say that we are all to bear fruits of the Spirit. And the most practical way, the highlight from last week, I thought his first three weeks kind of built up to last week. And last week he talked about being filled with the Spirit. And what that means. Because we're commanded in Ephesians chapter 5, that instead of, as opposed to getting drunk with wine, we are to be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? And he, he did it in the, in the simplest way I've ever heard. And he, he described it as, you know, he, he used a play on, play on, I don't know if it's words or initials. Uh, but you know, it's, in Ephesians 5, it says, don't keep doing, don't keep getting drunk on wine. And in our day, today, we have the term DUI, driving under the influence. And so Alan went with the term LUI, living under the influence. And guys, that is the simplest way to describe what it means to be filled with the Spirit and which goes hand in hand with what I'm going to be talking about today, which is living in the Spirit. Guys, it's living under the influence. You see, guys, whether you recognize it or not, you are going to be influenced by the things around you. You're going to be influenced by people around you. That's the most obvious one, probably. You're going to also be influenced Influenced by the circumstances around you, your experiences in life, the things that happen to you that are good, the things that have happened to you that are bad, or at least you think they're bad, or you feel they're bad, and they may very well be bad. I know very few people who've had this pie-in-the-sky kind of everything went great for me life. Jesus said that you know in this world we'll have many troubles. And so guys, you're going to be influenced by things, and we have something more powerful to influence us. And that is the Holy Spirit. And guys, that's really what we're going to be talking about today, uh, is live by the Spirit. And we find a a passage that we're going to use to start with today is in Galatians chapter 5. And this is what it has to say. It says, so I tell you, live the way the Spirit leads you then you will not do the evil things your sinful self wants. You see, guys, very clearly, he draws a line there that says you are going to live one or two ways. You are going to either live by the Spirit because you have the Holy Spirit in your life, or you are going to follow your sinful nature. You are going to do what comes naturally to you. And guys, I... I chose this particular passage or this particular translation for the very simple reason of how it translates that In the, in the where he says, live the way the Spirit leads you. Most of the translations translate that live by the Spirit. And I think this is a very good definition of what living by the Spirit means. It means live the way the Spirit leads you. Guys, that's what God expects you to do. If you consider yourself a Christian you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to live the way the Spirit leads you. So the question comes, how do I live by the Spirit? Well, the first point, and I termed it this way very on purpose, is you got to want to. That's an Indian term, I've been told. Okay, we've been influenced by our heritage here you got to want to. And I chose those words very carefully because it, is, it seems so simple. And so I worded it very simple. you got to want to. Why would you say that, guys? Because very clearly in the passage we just looked at in Galatians chapter 5, you have a choice. You have a choice. And you have to choose which way you're going to live. And do you want to live by the Spirit? Look at this, and and the reason I say that, look at this here in in Acts chapter 2. This is kind of a strange passage, you might think, for this, but this is what it says. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, guys, the gift, I mean, the Holy Spirit is a gift. That is, I mean, this is a major point. This is a big deal. The Holy Spirit is available to us as a gift. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you got a present last year for Christmas that you haven't used? Oh, this sitting on a shelf? Maybe you took it back? Maybe it's doing nothing. Maybe you've done nothing with it, and it could be several reasons. Maybe you're doing nothing with it because you don't like it. Maybe you're doing nothing with it because you don't need it, or you don't think you need it. Or maybe you're doing nothing with it because you don't know how to use it. Maybe you're doing nothing with it because you merely forgot about it. See, guys, there's all kinds of reasons. I got a gift last year from my, my son and da- daughter in law, and it, it's it's kind of a cool gift. I've got a beagle dog, and they got me a little gun to shoot treats to the dog. Okay? And I've used it some. Doesn't get used a lot because I, I, I just don't think about it, in all honesty. Because it takes a specific size and shape of treat. Because you put ones in too big, it won't come out to shoot the it won't, won't shoot it. Okay, if it's an awkward size, you know, an irregular size, it gets jammed in there. And so I've yet to go to the store to buy the right kind of treats. So instead, we just throw the treats to the dog. Okay, the dog still gets his treats. He loves almonds. There's nothing wrong with the present. I like the present. But I'm not using it to its full potential. And you see, guys, the reality of the situation is when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit, I believe that most Christians don't use it to its full potential. We set it on a shelf, and it goes unused. And I think it all begins with, you have to want to to live by the Spirit. You've got to want to do that. Last week, Alan, in his lesson... He asked the question about midway through about how can I be filled with the Spirit? And his first two points about that were you've got to thirst for it and you've got to ask for it. Now my question now to you, and I don't want to rate, I don't want a show of hands, but how many of you have prayed to be filled with the Spirit in the last week? I didn't need a show of hands, but some of you did. <laughs> some of, they just don't listen, do they? <laughs> And he's the one that gave the lesson. He should know better. Guys, how many of you prayed that? And now now the next question would be, how many of you prayed that every day? Or how many of you prayed that multiple times a day? Because that's what thirsting for something is. It's not just doing it once and forgetting about it. It's craving it. It's craving it over and over again. And guys, that's my question. See, I asked the question... In my I we talked about this I'm sorry, we talked about this in my Wednesday night group, our small group, and I brought it up. I just thought it was such a, such a good lesson. we need to follow up with it, and I didn't have anything else to talk about. So um, we brought it up. And Brian Alfred, who raised his hand just a minute ago, he didn't listen either but he wrote, "I have looked at the notes for this for the last three days. On Thursday night at prayer meeting up here, we do have one of those on Thursday night at 6.30 in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. We, we meet up here at 6.30 just to pray. And Chris Weiler was here and Chris says, as he's praying, he goes, God, I don't understand everything that I'm being taught about the Holy Spirit, but I want to be filled with the Spirit. You see guys, in James 4 it talks about you don't have because you don't ask. And then, when you do ask, you don't get it because you ask with selfish motives. I paraphrase that. It's not word for word. But, you understand what I'm saying. You've got to be serious about wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit and about living by the Holy Spirit. You see, guys, in my group, on my group on Wednesday night, when we talked about this, you know, I said, guys, what is. What does that conjure up? How do you, how do you feel about living by the Spirit? And very quickly somebody brought up the fact that it's scary. Because if I'm going to live by the Spirit, what that means is I am going to have to give up control. And that scares the fire out of every person I know. We like to control things. We like to know what's going to happen. My wife, she has always been a person... She's never. She can't sleep in a car while the car is moving. She wants to pay attention even though she's not driving. It's that fear of, look, I'm not in control of things. And she has a wonderful story about my son driving on vacation last year in the mountains that she can tell you about that. That reaffirms her fears. (laughs) But guys, we... We don't want to be out of control. You see, because if you're going to live by the Spirit, if you're going to let the Holy Spirit lead you in your daily life, number one, you're going to do some things you're not presently doing. And number two is you're going to choose some things you probably will not choose on your own. In the Bible, there are repeatedly repeated stories of people doing things because the Holy Spirit led them to do it, and they're just crazy things. You've got in, in, in Acts chapter 8, I think, is the most wonderful example of it where, the, uh, where Philip is preaching in Samaria. Large crowds are coming to Jesus through it. And the Holy Spirit says to him, ah, go down to this road, the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's all it tells him. Go down to this road. Guess what he does? He goes down to that road. What happens when he gets down to that road? He sees a chariot and the Holy Spirit says, go up and stay next to that chariot. And so I'm assuming the chariot was moving at a, a fast enough speed that he was jogging up behind this chariot and he hears a guy reading the Bible, reading the book of Isaiah. And so you know, the didn't, Bible doesn't tell us that the Holy Spirit told him to do it, but he asked the guy a question. And he ends up getting up into the chariot. And then he tells the man about Jesus, he baptizes him, and then it says the Holy Spirit took him away. And he appears somewhere else. Not even where he started. Now, can you imagine going through your day that way? You get up and you have a plan about what you're going to do, and the Holy Spirit opens up a door and it says, Hey, I need you to talk to this person. You know? Maybe it's maybe it's somebody you don't know. You just you just make eye contact. This happened to me one morning up here at Quick Trip. Made eye contact with somebody, and I very quick they asked me directions, and I very quickly realized they're on foot. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me to do next? Offer them a ride. It wasn't where I was going. It was where I had just came from. And guys, this goes on and on. I've picked up hitchhikers that way. I give money away and things to people with I'm not planning it. I just come across this. And guys, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit chooses to or you choose to let the Holy Spirit lead you. You gotta want to do that, or guess what happens when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something? No, I don't think so. You see, guys, most of us in our Christian walk, we tend to approach it more like a buffet. We go through and we say, oh, yes, I want to go to church on Sunday. I want to go to this church because I like the music, or I like the pews, or I like the preacher, or I like all this. Oh, sacrifice? Ooh, I don't don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. Read my Bible on my own? Oh, I don't want any of that. See, so guys, when it comes to living by the Spirit and God expects you to live by the Spirit, it starts with a desire to live by the Spirit. And you need to express this to God. Hey, God, I want to live by Your Spirit. I want to be filled with Your Spirit. I want to see Your Spirit's leading in my life. You want to know how God? what prayers God will answer? God will answer those prayers. You guys, one of the things also last week that that Alan talked about, he says that when you are filled with the Spirit, and he looked at Acts chapter 4, and he looked at three things. In Acts chapter 4, at the end of the chapter, they pray, and they were filled with the Spirit. They prayed to be filled with the Spirit. They were filled with the Spirit, and four things happened. One is they went out and spoke the Word of God boldly. That is one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do. Now... For us, I believe that implies also if you're going to speak the Word of God boldly, correct me if I'm wrong here, you have to know the Word of God accurately. Okay? And if you are going to know the Word of God accurately, you are going to have to stop doing something else, like watch TV. Okay? I'm just picking that as an example. I'm not trying to knock TV. Or maybe it's be on the internet. You're going to have to get into the Word of God before you can speak it boldly. Okay? The second thing is, I'm going to seek unity with other believers, and I'm going to value connection with the body of Christ. You see, guys, what's gonna happen is, if you're going, the Holy Spirit promotes your connection to the body. I can tell you that without a doubt. The Holy Spirit, if you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, is going to lead you to connect with The church, with the body of Christ, with other believers who are also spirit filled. Okay? And if that's going to happen, you're going to have to approach relationships differently than you do in the world. There's things like real love. There's things like forgiveness. And we're going to get to this later on. But guys, I want to throw it out here because before you decide you want to live by the Spirit, you need to know it's a radically different life than what non-Christians live. That's the way God expects it to be. The last thing He talked about that they do is that they were generous with their money, specifically. And guys, I believe generosity needs to be something that, or that is something that characterizes every spirit filled believer okay and i'm not talking about putting money on the plate in the plate okay we're going to take up a collection here later on that is for our members to help pay the bills that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about being generous whenever you see a need and guys if you are led by the holy spirit i'm going to tell you right now he's going to open your eyes to opportunities for you to be generous I, 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 ver- I was very proud of my oldest son uh, was a few years back. He was at the Rural King, I believe it was, down in Collinsville. And somebody came up to him, and uh it, they were scamming him is what it ended up being. He lost 50 bucks. You know why he lost 50 bucks? Because he was generous. He wanted to help the people out. And, and I'll spare you the details. Another time, he's here at the church building, and somebody comes up, and do you say? he says, they, they ask him, do you, does the church have a program where I can work and get some gas? And Jonathan says, no, I don't believe we do. But if you follow me over to Quick Trip, I'll put some gas in your tank. You see, guys, that's what being led by the Spirit is all about. All of a sudden, you're going through your everyday life, and boom! You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to be generous. Guys, that's what it looks like. See guys, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, when I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, when I am living by the Holy Spirit, I am going to have to deny myself daily what I want. And I am amazed, guys, at the depth that my selfishness goes to. I am just literally amazed, guys. And you you've got but you've got to want this. If you don't want it and you're not sincere about wanting it, guess what? When the Holy Spirit decides to lead you, you're gonna go, no, not today. That's the way it's going to be. So, guys, I ask you, do you wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to live by the Holy Spirit? And guys, that's a gut-check question, because guys, I want this church to be full of people who live by the spirit. That is what we want. You want to know what kind of church I want? That's part of what I want. I believe if we could do that one thing, everything else would take care of itself. See guys, the truth of the matter is, we have a choice. And the question is, which do you want? Look at this verse in Romans chapter 8, and then I will move on. It says, people who live following their sinful selves think only about what they want. But those who live following the Spirit are thinking about what the Spirit wants them to do. See, guys, you've got to start thinking about what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Let's move on. Second point. If I'm going to live by the Spirit, I've got to stop reacting and start responding. Stop reacting and start responding. Look at this in Romans chapter 8. We just read verse 5. Now we're going to read a few more verses. It says, "...those who live according to the flesh..." This word flesh is sometimes translated sinful nature. Okay, It's your natural inclination. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Guys, this is what I call a parallel passage to Galatians chapter 5, where we started out at. And I encourage you to go read Galatians chapter 5, Colossians 3, as well as Romans 8. When he talks about living by the Spirit, and you'll see these same concepts in all three passages, they they draw a very clear distinction that you have a choice on how you're going to live. You're either going to take the most natural way, live by your sinful nature, or you're going to be led by the Spirit. But you see, guys, I, I say the sinful nature—that is just what comes naturally to you. It's what I like to call my hardwiring. Okay, I don't have to think about it. It just happens. Does anybody have any triggers in their life? You know what a trigger is? Trigger is something happens and you instantly go somewhere emotionally. Okay? Somebody can can say something to you and you instantly feel of less value. You feel devalued. You feel like they're, they're arrogant and superior to you because of what they said or how they said it. Or maybe they say something and it's somebody you have interactions with, a relationship with, and they're, they're, they've done something that they, you think they should know irritates you and you instantly go to rage. You instantly go to anger. Or maybe it's something and you instantly feel lonely. Or you instantly feel depressed. That's what triggers are. And and all of us have them. And I, guys, I believe a a lot of what I'm talking about is due to our hardwiring. It's due to our sinful nature. Something happens and boom, we go there. And we might feel justified. We might feel righteous for how we feel. We might feel like we're in the right. But that's where we go and there ain't no arguing with it. Guys, that's what your sinful nature is all about. And it happens. You don't have to try to live that way. Does anybody have to try to get mad? When I was 14, I got grounded for 30 days and I wrote on my hand, Stay mad 30. I knew it was going to take some effort. Most of us guys, when we get angry in the moment, it, we don't have to think about mm, Okay, I'm mad. That's not the way it works. It just, booms. it's there. That's a reaction. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. Responding requires some thought. Responding requires that you interrupt the natural process. And you consider how you're going to respond. And you choose whether you're going to get angry or whether or not you're going to feel depressed or whether you're going to feel lonely. That's the difference between reacting and responding. And you see, guys, that's the choice that Paul is laying out here for us in Romans. He says we're going to live one of two ways. We're going to either do what comes naturally to us and feel okay about it and try to justify it when it looks bad, or we're going to be lived by the Spirit. Those are our two choices there. You see, you've got to try to rewrite your programming. You've got to change your hardwiring and rewire the way you think. I wish I had a video camera of me driving down the road. And just of my face. Okay? And you would be able to tell when I'm being tempted. Some of the time. Because I, I smile. Because what happens is I find myself recognizing the temptation. I find myself having being able to choose to respond instead of react. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were driving down the road. Uh, we live out north of Edwardsville, and we are traveling on Highway 140. Uh, there's two things about Highway 140 right now. There's a bridge that's down to one lane on the way to our house. And the other thing is, Highway 140 is a very popular road for bicyclists who want to ride across the country. Okay, you'll see it because once I've watched this for years because I've traveled Highway 140 for years in my job, and it's called Race Across America. And the 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 first time you see a bicyclist, you're going to see them for four or five days because they don't all ride together. And you'll see a bicyclist, and then you see a van behind it. It may have lights on it, it may not. May have bicycles on it, and it's their 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 chase van is what they call them. And sometimes it tries to keep people from hitting them. Sometimes it's just to warn you that they're up there. They stay off the road so they can get around you, that kind of thing. A couple weeks ago, Susan and I were heading home, wanting to get home, and we get behind one of these chase vehicles, and this guy ain't letting nobody by. I mean, there's like 12, 15 vehicles behind us. And this guy, all he's gotta do is pull over and we just work our way around the bicycles. It's very simple, very courteous. You know? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. No, no, he don't do it. So then we get to the, to the stoplight where the one lane bridge is at and we're waiting for the red light and they're in front. Now what do you think a courteous person would do if they were there and had all these people waiting on them? Wouldn't a the courteous person let all the cars go by first? No, they didn't do that. My wife and I are discussing how we can let them know of their rudeness. She says, you should go up in front of him and drive real slow. You know? And I was, I just wanted to, I just wanted to blare on the horn. I mean, just all kinds of things going by. We didn't do any of that, thank you. But we wanted to. And guys, that's a wonderful example of what I'm talking about. My sinful nature said, let them know they're getting in my way. Holy Spirit says, good night. Are you in that big a hurry? Really? They're just trying to be safe. Forget about it. Guys, I can tell you times in my past where I would have drove, after I got around them, I would have drove away angry. Guys, I can't tell you how many times a day I catch myself smiling because I recognize I don't have to react the way my sinful desire wants me to. When that can be I'm driving down the road tempted to lust. It could be I'm driving down the road thinking about thinking poorly of somebody and making a judgment when I don't have information accurate information and I'm just wanting to think badly about somebody, it can be when something like this happens, when somebody's getting in my way, another driver. And instead of getting angry, instead of talking about idiots, what idiots they are, I smile and I say, they're probably having a bad day. They're probably genuinely in a hurry more than I am. Or I tell myself, what's the matter? What's the big deal? I wish I could tell you that happens all the time, but that happens regularly to me now. And guys, this is what we're talking about when you're talking about living by the Spirit and, and stop reacting and start responding. If you've been wronged by somebody, do you want to talk about how you've been wronged by somebody or do you want to forgive? See guys, one is sinful nature. One is led by the Spirit. You but, guys, it's, it requires intentional effort. You've got to want this. I got on your notes there, it says responding requires, and there's four blanks. The first one is looking. And you might want to put stopping and looking. See, when you react, you just do what comes naturally. You don't look for options. You don't look at how else you could handle the situation. Second one is listening. I would like to do a lesson or a series sometime on how to hear God's voice or how to hear the Holy Spirit. I don't hear a voice, but I know when the Holy Spirit is very clearly giving me a thought that is different than mine. Guys, that is one of my prayers is that I am able to see the difference between what I want and what the Holy Spirit wants. You gotta listen. Third one there is you gotta be able to, is discerning. There's got to be some discernment. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is not the only influence in your life. In one of the letters in the New Testament on was Peter or Paul, Peter or John, he talks about testing the spirits. Just because you get the Holy Spirit doesn't mean the devil leaves you alone. and he will try to make his way look good. So you have to be able to discern. and again, it really helps to discern if you know what God has to say on the matter. The fourth one, guys, is evaluating. Because what happens is, you're not going to learn this overnight and you're going to make mistakes. There's times you're going to stop, you're going to look for options, you're going to listen, and you're going to make the wrong decision. It's only afterwards that you're able to go, man, I tried, but I just myself got in the way. And so it takes evaluating. Guys, our third point, because we're running out of time, is I gotta walk, take some steps. In Galatians chapter five, this is what it says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, guys, if you're gonna live in the Spirit, you've got to walk with the Spirit. You've got to take some steps. And there's two steps I just want to talk about very briefly here. The first step is you're going to have to stop. There's something you're going to have to stop. And the second point is, and I'll get back to the verses and talk about these, is you've got to start. You've got to stop something, and you've got to start something. In Colossians 3, this is what it talks about. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its Creator. Guys, when I look at that list, I don't think that list is exhaustive of everything we can do wrong, of everything our sinful nature leads us to do. But I'm just guessing when you look at that list, you can find something in that list you need to stop right now. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell them which no, no, I <laughs> won't. Guys, there's something on that list right now that you look at and you say, I need to stop it. I need to stop getting angry. I need to stop the immorality. Whether it's I'm involved with somebody, or there's pornography, or whether it's lust. I need to stop the evil desires. I need to stop being greedy. I need to stop the slander. And let me just tell you something, guys. This is just my experience. And I don't understand why it's so attractive. There's a proverb that says that gossip is like choice morsels. It's like good food. And like we gravitate towards it. But I've learned something, I started practicing this about ten years ago, and I practice it nearly every day. And that is, I hear something, somebody tells me about something, and at best, I'm getting second-hand information, and most of the time, I'm getting third- or fourth-hand information. And I have to resist the urge to make a judgment about who I'm hearing about. And I have to resist the urge to repeat my judgment to somebody else. I do not understand why that's so tempting for me, and I believe it is for most of us. But guys, when I repeat a judgment that I've made based off second or third hand information, there's a high percentage chance I'm wrong. And when I repeat it, you know what that becomes? Slander. I've just repeated something about somebody else that is false. And it is meant to make them look bad or make somebody else feel bad. Guys, there's all kinds of things there. Then we need to start something. In Colossians 3, picking up in verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved... Before I read this, guys, I just, I just want to stop real quick. Before I read this, and as we read through it, I want to ask you to do one thing. Maybe underline, maybe circle, when I get to one of these characteristics that you're not very excited about. You see, when I look at this list, especially if you're a man, this this list is not made for men. Okay? It's not. It's not. Very few men are going to go through this list and go, oh yeah, I want some of that. Let's read this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with this. Not do it every once in a while. He says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You see, guys, being in step with the Spirit, living in the Spirit does not merely mean you stop sinning. It means you start living the way the Spirit wants you to live. I go through that list. Compassion, kindness... Those aren't manly, are they? Those aren't things. I have to choose those. I got to want them. I have to want what the Spirit wants. You have to choose. So, guys, as we close out today, I'm just going to leave the question with what I started you with. Do you want to? Do you want to live by the Spirit? Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Or do you want the Holy Spirit to be like that present you don't, you don't, you're not using, just sitting on a shelf somewhere, sitting in a closet, gathering dust? You want to deny yourself the power to live life in a way that the rest of the world doesn't have. Let's pray. Father, I, I am amazed when you answer prayers. I really am father i i I've spent so much of my life just being self-reliant that Father I have to choose to recognize sometimes when you've answered a prayer. Father, we heard about prayer being answered the other night uh, with, with uh, Kim Gaines's daughter and uh, Sammy, and Father, we thank you for that. Father, sometimes when you answer my prayer, you amaze me. Father, I'm going to ask you right now to amaze every person in this room that wants to live by your Spirit. Father, as they go out this afternoon, I pray that there are folks that are at lunch that go, oh, that's what he's talking about. i got to, I got to make a different choice here. Father, there's people this afternoon as they go home to their spouse or their family, their roommates, or Father tonight, or tomorrow at school, or at work, that Father, You show Yourself very clearly to them. Even if they're not wanting it, You show them what we're talking about here today, where they have a choice. They can do what comes natural to them. What the world says is okay. Or they can choose to be led by Your Spirit. And Father, I pray, it is my prayer that every person in this room right now can genuinely ask that You fill them with Your Spirit. And they can genuinely say they want to live by Your Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.